Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to betorfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, hey there, and welcome back in off another sizzling weekend for championship weekend of college football, and also the NFL coming down the home stretch. We had not one, not two, not three, not four, five more successful underdogs off this podcast. Hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you're reaping the benefits. It's why we're here on the only digital radio show and podcast that loves those underdogs, those teams given less of a chance, usually the road team, et cetera, although there were a lot of neutral site underdogs uh, last week that were coming through as well in the championship games of college football. I am merely the somewhat competent host. Straight ahead, he was three for three himself last week on Three Dog Thursday. Brian Edwards, senior handicapper, Vegas insider, and also with MajorWager.com is back. A little bit later on, humongous game in the NFL, Buffalo Bills at the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Sorry, Brian, I know you're offstage coming <laughs> down, but that's okay. Uh, Bucks beat Atlanta last week, now Buffalo this week. Bill's still reeling off the Monday night defeat where Bill Belichick was clearly trying to win the game by only throwing the ball one time, and he ended up having to throw it two more times in the fourth quarter uh, as they beat Buffalo 14 
to 11 or what was it 14 to 9 or 17 to 11 or whatever it was crazy game crazy night now are the bills feeling the effects of that coming to tampa we'll talk with sal capaccio the buffalo bills sideline guy five days a week he's on wgr the buffalo station he's back on three dog thursday to talk some about that no huddle underdogs later in the show, including talking Army Navy with my man Price Atkinson and also T.C. Martin back aboard on no huddle underdogs, picking an NFL underdog as well. But without further delay, he is back. He is here to recap all the college football mayhem, including the coaching carousel. Hello, uh, Mario Cristobal to the Miami Hurricanes since last we talked amongst all of the mayhem. Brian Edwards back in on Three Dog Thursday. Congrats, first of all, on the successful underdog weekend. Good to have you back. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. It was a good weekend. Um, in fact, it was my best Saturday of the year. Good. Save the best for last with college football, at least anyway. On this show, you had Louisiana. Lafayette, Billy Napier's farewell was a win. You and I said on this show last week, hard to figure why they are not favored in this game. You said, thank you very much. I'll scoop up yeah. those points. And the Ray John K. Johns get the win. So kudos on that. And I was on board and you were joining in with me on Alabama. I, I have to say, I thought the Tide would have a good chance to win. I was safe with taking the points. But that... That was impressive. Tell me what you saw and why you believe this happened when somebody thought that Georgia was just going to roll in this game with Alabama. Instead, it was roll tied. Yeah, um, I just, uh, well, you know, like Saban said, there was plenty of the rat poison kind of cussing or, or, or jinxing Georgia. Not jinxing, but you know what I mean? Like everybody didn't give Alabama a chance, which was ridiculous. And, you know, Georgia has been dominant all year, but – I, and I've said this all year. I mean, their offense is not that great. And um, I, I mean, I don't want to mean to take anything away from their 12 and 0 regular season. That was absolutely dominant, but the East is down. Um, you know, Florida's way down and right. you know, they're t- now Arkansas is way up and they did play Arkansas and you know, I don't, you know, Arkansas was coming off that huge win over AM and they were just, they got punched in the mouth early and it was over. Um, yeah, I can't take anything away from Georgia's regular season, but I just, Alabama, um, you know, they weren't playing on the road against Auburn like they were the week before. And um, they weren't making mistakes with the O-line, you know, protections and all that, that they had the issues with at Jordan Hare. And, um, you know, they just, they put it on them. And you got to give Nick Saban the ultimate credit here. You, I just mentioned Bill Belichick uh, just before the entree and bringing you on. It just seems like in the one-game scenario, you give Saban, you give Belichick the opportunity to game plan, to change, to adjust on the fly while the game is going. They're going to find a way to beat you. They can take your guys and beat you with your guys if they have to with their game. It just seems that way, doesn't it? Real quick, here's another reminder. Yeah, I mean, those two are the best. And, uh, you know, and also with Alabama, Georgia, the reason I liked Alabama is I thought they had the quarterback advantage. I thought they had the head coaching advantage. And those two things showed up in bunches. And, man, Jamison Williams, too. My goodness. Electrifying uh, to be part of uh, that Alabama offense. They just keep rolling out with the wide receivers. It is going to hurt them to not have John Mechie moving forward for, for sure. the college football playoff. How big a deal do you believe that is? Because that's a that's a key outlet pass-catching component, and he has been for the last couple of years. Yeah, and well, you saw how much they struggled when they didn't have Williams, 
And, you know, you can kind of focus your defense on their one go-to receiver, which was Mechie at Auburn. And now, you know, now defenses, Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, they're going to attempt to do everything they can to take Jamison Williams away. Now, to, in my mind, that's when you just – you still force feed him. Like, I wish the Falcons would force feed Kyle Pitts every week, mm. and they don't, and it uh, bothers me. I can tell. Immense, uh, immensely. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of uh, Cincinnati, they did get the win impressively over Houston. Kudos to them. I thought the Cougars would keep it close. It was not close. Uh, let's bring it back to what you do at Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. I knew Alabama would be favored in the one versus four matchup. Does it not surprise you that it's 12 or 13 points when Cincinnati has a win at South Bend? Two impressive late wins in the year. I know they're both at home with SMU and Houston. Did that the, the, the amount of that line not raise an eyebrow for you just a little bit? It is Alabama, I know. If, if the game were this week, I would think it should be a little lower, but with a month to prepare for Saban, I get it. And I, I actually wrote down 14 on uh, Sunday morning. I mean, and I was kind of probably speculating on what I, what it would be. Um, right. Now I, I think Cincinnati would have a better chance if they were playing this week, but with a month to prepare, yep. you got to like Saban's chances over the course of 60 minutes. Like, I don't think it would be a blowout, but if I had to pick it right now, I'd probably go with Bama. All right, fair enough on that. And Michigan, let's spend a moment with about them. Two tremendous wins. Any thought of a possible letdown, which we kind of explored a little bit with Iowa, answered immediately as they just dump-trucked the Hawkeyes. A magical end to the season for them uh, to get to this point now, to get to 12-1 and one and win the Big Ten Championship after so much underachieving for Jim Harbaugh. And now they get the matchup with Georgia. Just give me a thought on what you saw in Michigan these last two weekends and especially Saturday night in Indianapolis. I mean, kudos galore to them. And it's going to be interesting to see what Kirby does with his quarterback position. In my mind, I think it would be a mistake to put JT Daniels in there because of Michigan's pass rush and Stetson Bennett being more mobile. mobile. And I think you're going to need that because Michigan's going to get pressure. And JT Daniels doesn't have that elusiveness that Bennett has. It's going to be very interesting to see if, Kirby, but I think he'll probably start Bennett, but I think he'll have a very short leash on him. And uh, Michigan's definitely got a shot against those guys for sure. Okay, long time to build that one up. And again, I love Brian's uh, insight here as part of Three Dog Thursday. So uh, we have all of this laid out now. We'll see what happens. It looks like Bryce Young is a shoe-in for the Heisman Trophy, overwhelming favorite. I was a bit surprised. Again, we're in the South, we're biased. How does Will Anderson not get an invite uh, when Hutchinson, the, the defensive end for Michigan, does get the invite. Let me let me check here. Uh, Will Anderson has more tackles, has more tackles by loss, by a lot, has more sacks. I, I guess we're throwing the bouquet. The Michigan guy's not undeserving, but we're like throwing the bouquet to the Big Ten here for the Heisman finalist invite for this weekend? Yeah, no, I agree. Will Anderson should be there. Didn't they used to invite five guys? Yeah, right? four yeah, well, or five. What's wrong with that? Just adding the fifth. And Anderson, yeah, give him I mean, the honor or, of, of being there. Bryce Young's going to win going away. Oh, we yeah. already know that. It's just who else is window dressing that's there exactly. for that on uh, on Saturday. Okay, before we get out of here, I want an underdog play from you. I always love your insight across the NFL. Again, you came through with the Monday Night Patriots. It was Just for a second, wasn't that a wild scenario? <laughs> Obviously, with the win, the lack of passing, the Patriots become the first team – 
uh, in over 45 years in the NFL to have three pass attempts, three, and win a football game in the National Football League. So give Belichick credit. That's seven wins in a row. And you had the Patriots against the Bills. I did. And I'm going to keep having the Patriots until they don't cover for me. I don't know that I've been on them all seven times in this seven game winning streak, but straight up and against the spread. But I know I've been on them at least five and maybe six. I'm just trying to think of them in my head right now. But uh, yeah, I'm going to keep playing them. And I've already seen the look ahead number for not this weekend, but next weekend, they're only minus two and a half at the Colts. And I know the Colts are playing well, but I mean, give me that all, all day. Yeah, how do you go against what they've done? And I'll be the first one to admit, sitting here, I thought they would have a bad season again and miss the playoffs. Much less did I see seven wins in a row. And they have the top seed in the AFC right now. I mean, that's incredible turnaround. What you said is what they look like in September. What you just said, I mean, they did not look very good at all in September, but uh, he's the master, just like we were talking about a minute ago, him and Saban, they are the master. Especially defensively. Okay, so with the Patriots not playing this weekend, where do you want to go for an NFL underdog for Three Dog Thursday purposes? What do you like? Uh, Let's go to Charlotte, where the Falcons have won three in a row Mm. at Carolina and for the last five and for whatever reasons, the Falcons are play their best football on the road this year. They're four and two, both straight up and against the spread on the road. Whereas Carolina is two and four, both straight up and against the spread at home. And Carolina's dropped back to back. They just fired Joe Brady. Um, Can I stop you? What is that all about during the bye week? As if, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been hurt the whole year. Matt Rule is the one that wanted Sam Darnold, who hasn't worked out. Why are we scapegoating a Joe Brady that was very good at LSU? What is up? What's your read on that? Well, you know, I don't really watch enough Carolina on a play-by-play, you know, game-by-game basis to really have an educated opinion. Um, I know Joe Brady knows what he's doing. Maybe it's college NFL thing. I I don't know. I can't really – but I, I, when I saw it, I was like, man, McCaffrey's been hurt his whole tenure. Yep. Um, they have not had good quarterback play, which isn't on him. So, I mean, I feel what you're saying. I just don't, I don't really know enough. So you're buying into the dysfunction of Carolina here and Atlanta being able to capitalize. The one thing for the Falcons is just defensively, there's not much there at all. I guess the good news is McCaffrey on the shelf Cam Newton is once again back to being very ordinary. Looks like the same guy that couldn't throw the football in New England last year. And so you're feeling the Falcons here in this road spot? I am. I am. And as I'm looking at Carolina's page right here, they are – they're 0-4 their last four as favorites. Now, look, my Falcons are not very good. Arthur Smith is awful. Uh, The defense is horrendous. There's zero pass rush whatsoever. But Matt Ryan is still pretty good, and um, I just don't – I think Carolina's really bad. Well, and Cordero Patterson has been explosive. Of course, the Bucs have a great run defense. He had the one big run early in the game. They couldn't get much else. You mentioned Pitts trying to get him the ball. They've been hampered as well. Not only uh, Julio Jones gone, but Calvin Ridley, again, away from this team for mental health reasons, and it doesn't look like he's going to return. And talking to some of the Atlanta people, they don't believe he'll be back this year. It would be a surprise if he is. Well, I'll tell you what, it's he damaged ain't coming them. back next year, that's for sure. Yeah, it's damaged them greatly on what they want to do with their scheme. But you're still believing in the Dirty Birds. Dare I even say it, though, with with a win here, they're still on the fringe of the oh, NFC yeah. wildcard playoff picture as well here if they can get back to six and seven. 
Yeah, and that probably has a little bit to do with it. They're more motivated or should be. And uh, isn't it wild, wild how they don't throw the ball to pits enough? Did you? I know. Like, well, like, you're frustrated the, oh, by, by the, that. Oh, by the way, the last play of the game, did you see how wide open Pitts was for the backdoor cover? He was wide I ass know. open and he for trying to force <laughs> it in the gauge. I, I, part of it's on Matt Ryan. I don't know why he doesn't ever look for him in the red zone. It's wild. The Falcons had absolutely zero business covering in that game, including Matt Ryan throwing the ball right to Carlton Davis, the Bucks defensive back, who might have gone 98 yards the other way if he'd have caught the ball. But he didn't catch the ball with like five seconds left and gave him one more I had, play. I had Tampa in the first half. That's one of the worst bad beats uh, in, a, <laughs> in a minute. I was so pissed. I was like, the, what? Uh, that interception, oh, by the way, from Brady out of the end zone right in front of me. And as I joked on our Buccaneer podcast, our official Buccaneer podcast, usually I talk to Bruce Arians going into the locker room on Buccaneers radio. Fox and Well, Fox and Sarah Walsh had already arranged to talk to him going into the locker room with the Bucs in the lead. So TV took the lead, wanted to talk to Bruce. Good luck on that interview after the pick six with five seconds left in the half or whatever. Uh, on you weren't disappointed in uh, no. that. <laughs> no, not in that scenario. And the Buccaneers eventually did uh, play better in the second half and get the win. And we're going to talk more about their game with the Bills coming up. Talk more about what you have going on because you've got plays on everything with the NFL. I don't know if you're playing Army-Navy or not. You're not on the show right here. But if you're playing it, t- plug away on what you have with all of your outlets and major wager, et cetera. Well, there's a for your listeners that are UFC fans, there is a stack awesome card Saturday and with no college football this Saturday, I'm going to get to, you know, pay a lot more attention to it. I'm about to watch the countdown show and, and start writing about it. I'll have a lot of content on the UFC 269 Saturday night on major wager. Uh, your listeners can follow me on Twitter at Vegas B Edwards and all my picks are available at VegasInsider.com. Always love Brian Edwards. Great stuff, my friend. Thank you for popping on. Congrats on being three for three last week. We'll get back with you again soon here in holiday time uh, as the college football bowls get rolling, et cetera, and the college football playoff. Thank you for the stop by here. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks, TJ. Appreciate you. Love it. More on the Buccaneers and the Bills coming up as we roll on here on Three Dog Thursday. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. 
And we're brought to you in part by TickPick with College Football's Championship Weekend behind us. The bowl season, though, is about to be here, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet for tickets to see your favorite teams play in their bowl game. That's because TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. That's TickPick, TickPick.com or the TickPick mobile app. It's the only one you ever need to go for all of the games, whether you're talking about NCAA football, the NFL, concerts, the NBA, and more. Whether you're talking about the college football playoff semifinal games on New Year's Eve with Alabama now playing Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl or in Miami, they're going to have Georgia and Michigan face off. Tick Pick has got all of the best ticket prices, and they don't have the service fees that all the others have. Plus, if you're looking to go out to the Rose Bowl for Ohio State and Utah on New Year's afternoon, or if you're also looking at that Sugar Bowl on New Year's night between Ole Miss and Baylor with the upset win. TickPick guarantees all the best prices for all the college football tickets this bowl season. If you don't believe it and you can find a better price somewhere else, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference on your purchase price. Seek it out. Visit TickPick today. Go to TickPick.com SGP. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, TickPick.com SGP. And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks, the easy way to play Daily Fantasy. Daily Fantasy is simplified by picking two to five players and the over-under in their projections, and you can win up to ten times your amount on any entry. Use our promo code SGP and get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It is you versus the projected numbers. It has tons of stats on prize picks, yards, receptions, touchdown, fantasy points, all of that. Prize picks will also allow mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron and combine that with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. They offer every sport you can think of from the NFL to college football, the NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, Soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app in both the App Store and the Google Play Store. Prize Picks is a 4.8-star rated app and has got rave reviews. And the entries can be made in 60 seconds or less with Prize Picks. It's just that easy. It's safe. They've got fast withdrawals. What are you waiting for? prizepicks.com promo code SGP 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks with prize picks we're also brought to you in part by SoBet since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid sports betting is meant to be social when I picture betting I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see 
see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Been looking forward to this ever since I saw the schedule that said Buccaneers-Buffalo Bills because I really probably should have had him on before now, but we got to have the unelected mayor of Buffalo back in the fold on Three Dog Thursday. Sal Capaccio, a.k.a. Sal Sports on Twitter, WGR Radio and the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, my sideline brother from another mother, hanging out with me once again on Three Dog Thursday. You are coming to Champa Bay. You are coming to the warm weather, the beach. Get out of that mess that we saw Monday night against the Patriots with the snow, the wind. Come down to the tropics. Come down to the nice weather. I love that. And now I have to figuratively roll the red carpet out for you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. I got to tell you, so Monday, first of all, was the windiest game I'd probably ever been involved in uh, being down on the field. There was one a couple of years ago against the Eagles here, which was kind of similar, but there was even more rain and stuff like that. I have not had good weather this year for a lot of games. Um, really in Buffalo, we had a horrible rainstorm. Like I was, I was so wet. I had to dry to change clothes at halftime against the uh, Texans. We had a horrible wind also against the, against Washington. 
down in Miami, I had um, a big the rain, the heat, the humidity, and the rain came. Um, we had a lightning delay in Kansas City with rain. I'm so looking forward to 80 degrees and sunny in Tampa. It's unbelievable. Yes, you deserve it, uh, especially with some of the struggles that the Bills have had on the field. So you're headed down this way against uh, my Buccaneers. Everybody knows it listens to this podcast. I have allegiance, obviously, as part of the Buccaneers radio broadcast. So we're going to mix it up a little bit about this game specifically. I got to ask you, you're going to roll your eyes, and I can see you right now. I got to ask you, though, one more time about Monday night. And are there after effects maybe looming on a short week for Buffalo to now go on the road after the Patriots win the other night? Give me a midweek read right now on this situation because you're right there close to it with the bills. Well, you know, the way any fan base is when things start to go awry a little bit, um, you know, it's an overreaction, of course, fire this guy, fire that guy. Everything they do is wrong, no matter what. Um, I think what's really concerning right now, TJ here is under Sean McDermott, since he's been here since 2017, one of the things that I think has really impressed me about him is they're so consistent. They just, you know, it, they're going to be prepared and ready every week. They're not going to win every week, but they're always the consistency. And it just hasn't been there. The last seven weeks, they rotated wins and losses. And that's the inconsistency that we have not seen from the Bills. Now, I will also tell you, you know, if you want to look at this could be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, the Bills have lost five games this year. Four of them have been by one score and they've had the ball at the end of the game. I mean, they were literally four or five plays away from being 10 and one, I guess, but that's pro sports, right? That's what it is, but they haven't finished those games. They haven't finished them off. They haven't done what they've had to do. Um, there's a lot of talk about them being the word soft have been thrown around. I hate that word. I think it's a trigger word in football, as you know, not physical enough. That's why they're getting run on. So the temperature of the room is, Hey, not only is all this true, but are you kidding me? The new England Patriots are back. Like there's a fear bunker in every house in Western New York because it's the Patriots could be the Dolphins could be the Jets, but because of the Patriots, it just ramps up that, that angst, I think even more. I think it's a great point that you make because it is new England. And the fact that the Patriots with Tom Brady, by the way, seemingly owned not only Buffalo, but they owned the Dolphins and they owned the Jets for so many years in that uh, division. And uh, again, you go back to the game on Monday night, let's bring it to the specifics of the run defense, because that was a problem for the home game with the Colts. It was a problem again on Monday, while the bucks are not really a running team, not a power running team. That has to be one of the things right now to look out for this week, because if I'm Bruce Arians, if I'm Byron Leftwich looking at Buffalo, you got to test that. You got to test that and see if they're going to stop that and see if you can't get some good gains on early downs and early on in the game. 100%. Now, Look, we all know that every run counts, and I, I'll be the first to always say, well, that one counted too when someone says, well, take this away. But I will point out they had a 64-yard run. Other than that, the, Buc the, the uh, Patriots handed the ball off 45 times and averaged four yards a carry, less than four yards. They might have been 3.9. Like, the Bills actually did a really good job against the run game, but they gave up chunks because there was so much volume. And Sean McDermott was right after the end of the game. He said, look, when you, when you face 46 runs, you're going to get a 10-yarder here, a 15-yarder there. That's going to happen. It's the NFL. You can't give up a 64-yarder. That was the, the difference. And, of course, what the Colts did on the heels of that two weeks before was 264 yards. It's not the run defense that really gets the Bills. It's physical offensive lines in the run game that beats the Bills. The Bills are built to win in a 2021 passing league to get to the quarterback, to have leaner, more athletic defensive linemen. So that hurts them when they play bigger physical offensive lines in the run game. I know the Buccaneers are a very good pass blocking run, run offense, a run offensive line. If, if they're a physical run 
offensive line mauling, that will give the Bills trouble. If not, the Bills will be fine. They should be able to be okay. But that's really what gives the Bills the most trouble because they don't have a lot of size. And Star Latulay, by the way, was out against the Colts. That really hurt them. They did put more size in against um, New Orleans on Thanksgiving. They were excellent. He was there against the Patriots. Like I said, they did a good job except for one run. But it's the physical offensive lines that give them problems. I love the insight of Sal Capaccio, Sal Sports on Twitter from the Buffalo Bills coverage, also WGR Radio. He's on there uh, in the late mornings on WGR weekdays. Love his insight all the time, but specifically now when the Bills and the Buccaneers are playing, and we only get this every four years, I I love uh, his insight coming on the podcast and giving me some of this. I shared this with you. I reciprocated. I was on with you on your show that Tom Brady threw the ball 13 consecutive times on the opening drive of the game last week in Atlanta against the Falcons. He completed 15 passes in the first quarter. That's the first time since 2009, hello, that any quarterback anywhere had completed, uh, had completed 15 passes in a first quarter. So the, the, the belief would be that the Buccaneers may test it a little bit running early, but the Bills better be ready with track shoes on to cover the pass just based on what we saw last week. Now, Leftwich and Arians might switch it up some with the game plan and the play calls, but still the Buccaneers' bread and butter is spread it around to Evans, Godwin, and Gronk and whomever else right now and throw, 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 and the Bills have got to be ready for that, do they not? They do, but they will be. Um, the Buffalo Bills are an excellent, excellent pass defense. They're one of the best. In fact, I'm going to look up the numbers right now. Um, the Bills are the number one pass defense in the league, not only yards per game, but yards per play. They just don't allow teams to throw on them. Um, so, yes, they have all this plethora of wide receivers. But I think I would probably challenge many, many fans across the country to know who is in the Bills secondary. Yet they're one of the best secondaries in the league. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer may be the best safety tandem in the league. They're amazing together. Jordan Poyer's having an all-pro year. He's third in the league in interceptions. The Bills do not let teams throw deep on them. Sure, I'm sure the Buccaneers will try. Every Lots of teams have tried. The Bills do not give up explosive plays on defense, especially through the air. They Their hallmark, their hallmark since Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier took over is to keep everything underneath, to, to make teams work for what they have to get in the pass game. Now that said... Tredavious White's an all-pro. He's out. He got hurt, torn his ACL uh, Thursday night, Thanksgiving night in New Orleans. They will have a kid named Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh uh, manning the corner opposite Levi Wallace. I think Brady will test him. I like Dane Jackson a lot. He played really well in reserve duty last year. He makes plays. I think he can also be – I would say if he has an interception, wouldn't surprise me. If he gives the 50-yard pass, it also won't surprise me. You know what I mean? He's one of those players where that could happen. But, man, Hyde and Poyer – they're incredible. And they, they are, they, they, again, number one pass defense in the league, yards per game and yards per play. By the way, two years ago, the Bills opened up with 17 straight passes against the Jets. And then last year in 2020, they opened up with 16 straight passes against the Jets. That's over a, a few series. So we know how that can be when you just have yep. a guy, you say, I'm just going to let this guy throw it around the, around the room. Uh, there is no doubt. Um, you know, one, one more, because I always – um, love these parts of it and, and love these different angles of it. Uh, in that situation, again, with New England on Monday night, you you have now an emotional setting. You come off of that. You come off the loss. You got to yep. play the defending champs. You got New England looming again. There are a lot of people that are looking at this game midweek here and saying, Buffalo's got to make a stand. Their season is on the line. A loss in Jacksonville, a loss at home to Indianapolis, a loss to New England. If you want to do some damage in the playoffs and have good playoff seating, the season is on the line. Do you perceive that midweek right now because things did not go well Monday night? 
no, the season isn't on the line, but I think any chance to win the division, which is still out there is definitely on the line uh, because, you know, you can, you have such a small margin for error with the Patriots going forward. Look, the bills play the Patriots again, the day after Christmas, if they win that game, which they can, we saw what happened Monday night, you know, never know. They could win that game. They're right there again now for the division, but they can't allow any other mistakes and they might have to run the table otherwise. And that would include this week at Tampa. Um, the consistency point I talked about with Sean McDermott earlier has been so impressive. They haven't been as consistent this year, but one thing they've done, TJ, they have not lost two games in a row, the Bills. They lost at Tennessee. They bounced back with a win against Miami. They lost at Jacksonville. They bounced back with a win against the Jets. They lost to Indianapolis. They bounced back four days later on the road on a national television game against the New Orleans Saints. So I think what Sean McDermott has been able to do is really get his team ready and refocused uh, to go out there. This is a different animal. We know that, but I, I don't think there's any sort of, the emotional part of it, the, the good thing, the Bills always try to stay in this spot. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. And I think this is where this comes in to play as an advantage for them. But, of course, the opponent matters, and it is the defending champs. Absolutely. And Brady's had a lot of success uh, personally, individually as well against Buffalo. We'll see if that is the case. Uh, just for Three Dog Thursday purposes, because we're on the podcast, I was a bit surprised that the line is only three. So that's respect from the odds makers and from Vegas that it's not more than that. I didn't think it would be 10, but I thought it might be five or six. What do I know? And again, the Buccaneers have covered every game this season at home. They've won and covered in every game. In fact, they are seven and one as a favorite in the last eight games, going back to last year as a favorite, if you're if you're thinking of that. Uh, can, I, can I add something to and ask you yeah, this? Let me ahead. ask you a question yeah. here. We had this debate on our station yesterday. Our afternoon show host, Mike Shope, he, he's a big on the odds and stuff like that. And and he made a great point. He says, look, it just shows you the Bills are still made one of the best teams in the AFC, right? To have this line, like they're getting a lot of respect from odds makers. They really are still actually, I think, top five in chances to win the Super Bowl. I, if you took roster for roster, you'd say, I don't know. The Bills could still have the best roster in the AFC. But the question was posed, if any other team was going to New England right now, would they be as low as a three-point underdog? I think that maybe Kansas City. I'm sorry, going to Tampa. I'm sorry, going to right, Tampa. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe Kansas City, maybe Green Bay. So I think that is really healthy to think about because there's not many teams in this league that if they're going to Tampa this week, they'd only be a three-point underdog, I think, which does says a lot about the perception of still the Buffalo Bills. I think it's a good point that you make on that. Uh, before we get out of here, you have seen the Jets in person. The Jets seem to be playing better and more competitive. They won a game last week. You've also seen the Saints. I've seen the Saints already once. We'll see them again here in a couple of weeks. I am surprised while we're surprised at lines that New Orleans comes into MetLife Stadium as a five-point favorite. How are they a favorite against anybody with a five-game losing streak and the problems at quarterback and the uncertainty at running back? I, I, to me, that is a tasty spot to take the J-E-T-S mess, mess, Mets here uh, with, with a five-point cushion at home. Sal, am I crazy? You're closer to it in the AFC East. I don't think you're crazy. I'm wondering what the injury situation is for the saints. When the bills played them, they were out without a lot of guys. They were without both their running backs, you know, uh, Kamara and Ingram. They're without uh, Armstead. They're without Ramchek. I mean, they were missing a, have that has that improved because I will tell you this. I think the reason is TJ, the Jets just can't stop anyone. I mean, they plucked a practice squad guy off the bills, practice squad, Rashad wild goose a few weeks ago. He's got to play like they have nobody in the secondary. And I think this is, 
this is more of an indictment on their defense and saying, look, it's Sean Payton. He's going to find a way to move the ball and score points against that Jets defense because they cannot stop anybody, despite having Robert Sala as their head coach. I do agree, though. The Jets have played better, and I, I, I'm excited for you know seeing what Zach Wilson can do for them going forward. He reminds me a little bit of Josh's rookie year. Way too many turnovers, but he makes a wild play once in a while where you go, that's why we drafted the guy uh, to have that. So, yeah, that is a juicy spot. I think I would hold off until knowing what that injury situation is, and if they're still that banged up, I would like the Jets there. Keep in mind as well, though, that the last time that we saw the Saints, which will be a 10-day layoff when they play the Jets, Taysom Hill had more completions to the Dallas Cowboys in the second half than he did to the New Orleans Saints, like by three, I think. So he kept throwing it to the Cowboys. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback with, with either Simeon or Hill or both of them playing. Right. We will see. Neither one of them were very good against the Bills in the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving night two weeks ago. You saw that firsthand at field level. So we will uh, we will find out what the case is. Uh, listen, I'm looking forward. I'm just saying to the audience, I'm looking forward to having the unelected mayor of Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, down here. You got the wife. You got your young son, Max, coming down here as well. I hope you enjoy the sun, the beach. I, I intend on getting with you. I hope you have everything enjoyable except between 425 Eastern time and about 8 Eastern time on Sunday. But I also understand you feel the same way about me because the Bills need a win and Sal needs a happy postgame show when all of this is over with. Yeah, well. that's right. That's right. I think it's interesting. The Bills don't play many 425 games, by the way. I mean, unless they're on the West Coast, this is this is new territory. This is different. Like the last few years, they've obviously reappeared more on primetime than in years past. They're more successful. They have the quarterback. They've made the playoffs and things like that. Um, but they don't normally get a 425 p.m. game. And it's Nance and it's Romo. Like that's kind of different for Bills fans. I know you're more used to that there in Tampa because of Tom, because of the Super Bowl and all of that. So Bills fans are looking forward to this. And when the schedule came out, this was a juicy one. A lot of people kept asking me, "What is it going to get flexed? Is it going to get flexed? No, this game was always earmarked to be the national window for CBS at 425. And a lot of people are going to be able to watch it. And my question is one more in closing. How much of Bill's Mafia is trying to get down here, whether they have a ticket or not, to get out of the bad weather, be around, be around the tailgates, be around whatever, if not be able to get into the stadium? What, what, what is the early vibe midweek on that? Bill's Mafia coming strong? Always. They will always come strong. Bill's Mafia travels incredibly. And then, like you know, Steelers, the Raiders, the Cowboys, those legacy teams that have the national following, they always travel really well. I would say over the last few years, since the Bills have gotten to this point, Bills Mafia has done the exact same thing. It is it is truly incredible to me how many Bills fans I see in away stadiums. Now, I will tell you, everybody I've talked to, ticket people with the Bills, players, families, my own my own friends down there, this ticket is super expensive. Like on the secondary market, it is outrageous right now. That might pull back the reins when you consider – hotel, travel, all the right. costs to go into going to a game. But I would also tell you, I think Bucks fans might sell off some of the tickets. The Bills fans were down there because they can make so much money on the secondary market. So if you're a Bucks fan going, yes, there'll be more Bucks fans. Of course there will. You will be stunned maybe at how much red, white, and blue will be in that stadium. I will tell you this, that for the Monday night game with the Giants, and, and again, you've got a lot of retirees. You know this yep. in the Northeast. You used to live in this area, in the Tampa Bay area where I host the podcast, so you know this. There are a lot of Northeasterners. There are a lot of New Yorkers. They all retire down here, a lot of Canadians, et cetera, upper Midwest. They're already here. So for the Giants game, there were thousands that were walking around trying to find tickets, waiting to the last minute, waiting yep. to try to get in on StubHub or Ticketmaster or whatever, and there were thousands that got in for the game. 
The problem is, other than the first quarter, they didn't make a peep, and a lot of them left about early on fourth quarter. So we'll see what happens with how many Bills fans are here in and around the area, how many get in the game, and does Buffalo give them anything to cheer about once the game begins with Brady? I will say this because it's the first time you're going to see it. You're going to have a moment. I'm just putting this out there where you're going to look across the field in Tampa Bay and go, Tom Brady is in Buccaneer red and pewter. How weird is this? Because we have finally, I think, gotten used to that at yeah. this point down here. But it will be weird. Just take my word for it. You're going you're gonna to be in the environment and you're going to go, that's really him in Buccaneer colors. This is crazy. And, and by the way, I mean, people, I know you know this. People might not know. Rob Gronkowski is from Buffalo. He grew yeah. up here. Uh, and, you know, he played with the Patriots for so long. And he really kind of owned the Bills with Tom Brady for many years. And a story came out last off season that the bills reached out to Gronk, you know, when he was free agent, whatever. And I, it was true. The bills basically confirmed it, that they at least had a, a, a tertiary conversation. It wasn't necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, contractual or things like that, but that's the other one seeing Gronk in a Bucks uniform. That's that hits us a little bit here because there's, there's so much, I mean, his family owns a fitness company here in Buffalo still. So, you know, they're still all here. He comes back home once in a while and you're right. Um, seeing Brady in that uniform, Still taking some getting used to on TV. So for me to see it for the first time is going to be a little different. I share this one more time from the Super Bowl memory in Raymond James Stadium, which was Twinkie Twilight Zone enough against the Chiefs. Uh, In the area where I was stationed, I was only allowed about a 20-yard area in the front row of the stands because of Super Bowl restrictions and where I could be. Brady threw that touchdown late first half to Gronkowski right in front of me, right in front of me in the end zone. And I had a moment at that point where I went, is this real life? Is this really happening? They are in Buccaneer colors in Raymond James Stadium in a Super Bowl. I was looking for Rod Serling and the cigarettes and the moment. So you have to definitely get used to this and it will be a lot of fun. I know it's a lot of fun whenever I talk to Sal Capaccio. Promise me that we do this again at some point. You're a big Syracuse basketball guy as well. I know you're smarting after they lost to Villanova in the Jimmy V on Tuesday I'm night. not as much as you'd think. I thought but, they played really well right. last night. But and, you're and, a Cuse guy. You're a Villanova Buffalo hit shots guy. And, came, and came away. But they, hey, look, they beat Indiana and um, who, who they Florida beat, State. And, and they beat Florida, Florida State, State right? I mean, last week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so I, I think, I think they're starting to come around. So I wasn't, I was upset that they lost, but I thought they acclimated. Okay. Last night. They're in better shape than my Memphis Tigers, which I do not want to talk about with Penny Hardaway in Memphis right now. What I do want to talk about is I got to get together with you when you're down here, yeah. follow him at Sal sports on, uh, on Twitter, WGR radio as well. Bills radio network bills and Buccaneers this week. And the Bills are three-point underdogs. Some people may be liking that for this weekend. I just say buyer beware against the Bucks and what they've done against the number at home. Sal, always a treat to have you. Thank you for hanging extra with me here on Three Dog Thursday. I look forward to seeing you this weekend, brother. You too, my man, both uh, personally and professionally. Thanks. And here we go with the no huddle underdogs. Always love the insight from all my guys, but especially this one. Perk up. Pay attention. He is back. A man that has picked 11 out of 13 successfully on this show. He had a little bit of a hiatus for a week or two, but he said, I got to get back in. I said, of course you're getting back in for Three Dog Thursday purposes. T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas. Brother, good to have you back aboard on Three Dog Thursday. How you feeling? 
TJ Reeves, I am good, 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 good. And uh, right back at you, man. You know, here we are. Let's go NFL time. Let's rock and roll, baby. Let's talk, let's talk all about it. Uh, of course, you were on scene right there for the Washington football team winning yet again, this time at the expense of the Las Vegas Raiders. I saw some dandy video from TC Martin of the winning field goal, as it turns out, for the Washington football team. Uh, who was that kicker? I mean, are we going back to like Mark Mosley, the straight on kicker? The, the the Washington football team has been through kickers revolving door here, but the kicker made the kick. And what is this I see on a no huddle underdog? You're going to go right back to the WFT here. I'm going right back to the WFT. This is a team that I have been impressed with my friend going back to a four game winning streak. And you know where it all started, TJ Reeves. November 14th, remember that day. I know you remember it very, very well. November 14th, the Washington football team was on a skid. And what was the remedy for them? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yep. where they took it to Tampa Bay. The defense and made Tom Brady look silly. And you called it on Three Dog Thursday. As go. much as I might have doubted you, you called it that uh, the Bucks had some problems. And, and not only did Washington get the cover, they got the win. Yeah. No, this team has really uh, gotten itself uh, together. And I credit Ron Rivera. And I've talked about him before. Uh, he just seems to have a pulse, you know, with this football team. Even though they've gotten banged up and they've lost Chase Young for the rest of the year. Montez Sweat. I mean, those two cogs on their defensive line. Uh, that, that is, I thought it would really hurt them, but it really hasn't. Uh, this team has really rallied together. Other guys have stepped up. Logan Thomas got hurt last week at the tight end position here in Las Vegas. And I'm thinking, wow, this, this could, uh, this could hurt this team as well, but it just seems that this team just steps up. There's a real camaraderie and you can see it with these guys just on the sideline last week. And when you watch them, uh, it, you know, no situation seems to be too big. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but for Taylor Heineke. That's right. Heineken <laughs> has stepped up big time. Toast on Mr. Heineken. But no, this guy is a very solid quarterback. He is calm. He is cool. Along with the running uh, game that they have with uh, Antonio Gibson, McKissick uh, will probably be back this week out of concussion protocol. So I think it's a good spot for the Washington football team. Still pains me to say it like that. But uh, with Dallas coming in, Ron Rivera has had this game uh, circled on the calendar. Uh, this is big. It's all NFC opponents, uh, NFC East opponents the rest of the way for Washington. Big game. Wrong team could be favored here, TJ Reeves. Take Washington plus four at home against those dreaded evil rivals, the Cowboys. About that. So he's loving himself. Some WFT underdog, even against Dallas, who looked good again when we saw them last a week ago, Thursday night, a week ago, as we released the podcast on Thursday against the Saints. He's not believing in them. He's believing more in the Washington football team. Hey, one more, because you were all over the first matchup very early on in the year. Uh, after my Buccaneers had lost to the Rams, you came right back on this show as part of your role you were on and said, hey, I love the spot for Arizona to step in, Rams to have a letdown, Arizona to win the game outright. The doctor was right again on that call. Now the game is reversed. It's in Arizona. It's on Monday night with the Cardinals riding high. I just need a little doctor advice, even though you're not playing it. Might I be crazy to look at the Rams as the road team here in payback mode at Arizona on Monday night football? Quick thought. 
Yeah, I mean, they're not much of a dog, but they're a live dog. But definitely, I think the Rams uh, have, have turned the page a little bit, even though they've beaten lesser competition. They blasted Jacksonville last week. But no, I, I think that uh, it is a good spot uh, for the Rams. Uh, again, still not 100% sold uh, you know, on Arizona. I know they're the, they're the cream of the NFC West right now. But when you look at the Rams, they are going to get it together. They are getting that defense back together to where everyone expected uh, them to be. And then again, if Matt Stafford can take care of the football and not throw the interceptions, yes, I'm still not sure that Kyler Murray is 100%, even though he responded very, very well last week. Uh, again, how much do we really believe in the Cardinals? Uh, they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to do it in December. So again, this should be a highly contested game. Uh, Rams should be ready to play. Should be a great game. Yes, you're right. Uh, I loved the Cardinals in that last situation. They were getting way too many points and they were on a roll. And, uh, you know, the Rams are a little full of themselves and we're not really the same team that they are now. So uh, yeah, I could, I could lean with you on that, my friend. Uh, you know, look at the Rams. And keep uh, one other thing uh, in your consciousness here. If the Cardinals win this game, they basically put the division away because that will give right. them a three-game edge in the standings and the head-to-head tiebreaker on the Rams, who appear to be the only team that can catch them uh, right now down the stretch of the final four or five games. So big, big game all the way to Monday night for Three Dog Thursday purposes. I'm, I'm just sniffing around what Sean McVay has there in the revenge mode. We'll see. Plug away, T.C. Martin, on how they find you, how they hear you out in the desert, dispensing great knowledge, including if they're physically coming to find you for the Friday show. Tell them more. There it is, tcmartinshow.com, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can check it out live or on the podcast section uh, afterwards. The show's usually up an hour or so after Uh, The live show is completed. And yes, each and every Friday, we are live at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, the iconic eclectic spot on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, You got to come to the Cosmopolitan, see the show live 2 to 4 p.m. each and every Friday. We have our best bet segments uh, with our uh, vast crew of former uh, NFL players, coaches, uh, and guests. Uh, It's always fantastic, always fun. But yes, Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, our Friday home. Love that for the T.C. Martin Show. Love this man. And again, he could have gone anywhere in the NFL with a doggie. He says, Wolf, Wolf, Washington football team against those. How about them Cowboys in that matchup on Sunday? My friend, be well. Good luck with the underdog. Thank you, as always, for hopping aboard to dispense the pro football knowledge here on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, T.C. Martin. Anytime, my friend. No huddle underdogs continue. And if I'm going to talk Army-Navy. There is only one guy that I'm going to in the clutch right now. That is my man, Price Atkinson. He and Bill Rowland do fantastic work all throughout the year on Service Academy Football with Yards and Stripes, the podcast. They are all over it for the, what is it, Price Atkinson, as I say, welcome to you, 100 and what meeting? 100. 122nd. I'm putting my feet up because I feel like I need a foot (laughs) massage from you with that introduction, TJ Reeves. 122nd Army-Navy game presented by USAA. 3 o'clock on Saturday, back where it will be sold out, unlike last year when it was on campus at West Point. Right. It was on, you know, it's it was at West Point, which was just unheard of. But of, of course, so many things happened last year during COVID were unheard of. So yes, it will be a breath of fresh air to be back in MetLife Stadium. First time going back up, you know, twentieth anniversary of yards and sh- of uh, you know nine uh, eleven. 
mm-hmm. 11 miles from ground zero, the 20th anniversary. I mean, clearly a lot of pomp, pageantry, and solemn remembrances will go on on Saturday. And, and uh, you're about to share a couple of these stories. No better game to pay tribute uh, to the fallen heroes of that day <laughs> and, and something that symbolizes uh, not only sports, but patriotism, all the things that tug at you than what this football game is. So before we get into it for a little bit, give the audience an idea of what it is like to be there and cover this. This is something I have never done. Most of the audience has never been You've been there numerous times in different roles. What's it like to be at this game? You and I have done national championship together. You and I have done some cool things together. There is an intensity on the field when you go down field level. And I'm not talking between four quarters, last minute of the game. I'm talking about when march-ons begin, which the uh, the Brigade of Midshipmen will march on at 12:10 on Saturday. The Corps of Cadets will march on at 12.40. If you go down there for just even that, the march-ons for both academies, I mean, it's a hair-raising experience. And then the intensity when you get both of them in one corner and the other in the other corner, there is a palpability, and it starts with the march-ons. But when the game kicks off, from first play of the first quarter till the very last play, not just you feel like you're hanging on the edge of your seat what's going to happen there is an intensity that is indescribable that you feel in your body when you are standing on that sideline again whether it's kickoff or a kick to win it with you know seconds to go like one of the last ones i was at in the driving snow when navy had like a long one that where the ball landed almost at my feet as i was standing at the back of the end zone the intensity is indescribable because the purity of the game, how much both those teams want to rip each other's head off for four <laughs> quarters. But as soon as that game ends, the word respect immediately comes to attention when you go to sing the loser's alma mater first and then the winner always sings second. There is there is nothing like it in college football. It is a rivalry that deserves its own day. I'm glad it's got its own day. And we, we sometimes throw around words like awesome or chilling, uh, ultimate respect as a phrase. All of those things apply here, don't they? All because they're really, they, they really do have ultimate respect for each other in the end, even though they're trying to beat each other for three quarters or for three hours and for four quarters. Yeah, um, and make no mistake, make no mistake, the, the loser of that game isn't going over to the winning locker room and saying, hey, great game, guys, we're patting you on the back. Don't I mean, there is right. a respect factor, but there is a bitterness. I mean, it is bitter. I mean, bitter to the and core. It, However, but yes, when you're serving next to a man, woman that, you know, may have played in that game, may have may have graduated from West Point or Annapolis, there is an immense amount of respect. Yes. And they, they point to this game uh, all year long, point to everything about this game all year long. And it is remembrances that will be talked about for the rest of your life to be involved with and play in this game. We can't overemphasize that. There is a reason why it's thought of 365 days a year, TJ Reeves, and that's because at both respective institutions, there's a simple chant. It goes something like this. If you're at Army, go Army, beat Navy. If you go to Navy, go Navy, beat Army. And you say it at the end of the singing of the alma mater. 
whether it's a basketball game, a soccer game, a graduation, it is said 365 days a year. Literally those words, go Navy, beat Army, go Army, beat Navy, they're said round the clock, 365. It is in the blood. I love uh, Price Atkinson, the insight again of yards and stripes. Uh, Service Academy football, say what you will about all of the great rivalry games. We just saw Ohio State and Michigan play one where the Wolverines finally got a win, the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. You know, you got Oklahoma, Texas during the year, on and on with all these different rivalry games. This one is something else. You alluded to the game in the snow. If I'm remembering correctly, that was Philadelphia. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. On that, Correct. What, what again is that like picturesque t- type situation? Because the snow just kept falling that day. I know they'll make reference to this probably on the CBS broadcast and show the highlights. You were there. What was it like to be in a snow-filled Army-Navy game as you were, Price, real quick? And that was my first snow one. I've been at some cold ones. My very first one was August of, or not August, December 2000 in Baltimore when it was a balmy 25 degrees in the sun, my parents were at it and they didn't thaw out until mid drive back to South Carolina the next day. Last year, what was it, 18, 2017? Okay. I think it was 18. That was that was the snow, and that was when Army was wearing those white uniforms, you know, because they usually, you know, break out some special threads like they're going to do, obviously, tomorrow or on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Army's going to be wearing those white uniforms again. Uh, there are different kind of white uniforms, but yeah, it was kind of surreal because you could not, you could hardly see the Black Knights on the field, really, when they, because they were pretty far away. Navy was wearing those banana colored, um, you know, helmets, so you could easily spot them. But yeah, there's just it, you know. You mentioned all those rivalries. They're all great. They're all bitter. They're all nasty. You know, know, there's, you know, pure hate. There's not hate in in this. There's bitterness. But there's just nothing like it. You know, as I've said many times, an entire student body in one corner, the entire other student body in the other corner. They're in the game three hours before kickoff, going back and forth for hours before you even see a tackle. It's magic. It's magic in its purest form, TJ. It really, really is. Love the insight of Price Atkinson. You find him at Price Atkinson on social media. Yards and Stripes is the Service Academy football uh, broadcast that he and Bill Rowland do a great job with. Yards and Stripes on social media uh, to find them there and wherever you get podcasts. We want you to check it out. You've got Rich DeMarco, (coughs) the voice of uh, Army of the Black Knights of the Hudson. You've got John Feinstein, who wrote the fantastic book about this rivalry many years ago uh, that brought it to life uh, off the pages of what he wrote. They're guests on the podcast uh, for this week. By the way, I did just look at the weather forecast for East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's actually going to be in the 60s, believe it or not. It'll warm some into the 60s. Uh, on Saturday afternoon. Now, as the game is going on, the temperature will drop some. Listen to me sounding like a meteorologist because the overnight low is in the upper 30s. So probably second half of the game, it's dropping in the 50s, if not the upper 40s as the game is concluding. Don't think you're going to get snow, though, out of that. Probably not. And my second Army-Navy game in 2001 was in Philadelphia. That was my first one in Philly. You know, my wife, who I'm married to now, um, you know, she was uh, on the field as an athletic trainer. My my mother-in-law, who's actually downstairs here now, I met them uh, a couple weeks just before that. It was 70 degrees at that game, TJ. It was (laughs) over 70. I remember sweating in my suit on the field. Beginning in December, and I'm sweating at the Army-Navy game. 
Yeah. So it just, it just depends on the weather because again, you had about five layers on in the snow in <clears> Philadelphia, <throat> as you described it. One thing we yep. know about rivalry games, and we see this all the time, the records don't really matter here. Army's had a tremendous season. They've already beaten Air Force. They're eight and three. They're going to a bowl game. Navy has had a bad year by their standards at three and eight, but you can correct all the ills in one Saturday afternoon matchup here. What kind of puncher's chance do you give the midshipmen? And don't we have to have at least an eye on forget about the records because they will play all out to, to upset army in this matchup. 100%. And there's a reason most of the time these games come down to a touchdown, if not less. I mean, there you, you throw in a, you know, a game here, a game there, you know, last year it was 15 to nothing at West point. Yeah. They scores a little misleading. I mean, it is really about a, a touchdown game the whole way. I mean, it was a punt, 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 punt. And, punt, and by the way, the fog was miserable too because it, CBS was having trouble showing the game at, right yep. there at uh, at the Army Stadium at, at West Point in the, on the Hudson River. So yep. there's been weather all these different times, and Na- Navy unfortunately played like they were in a fog figuratively for a lot of that game and couldn't even score. We'll see if it's better Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you know, these. The kids are so even. I mean, Army's deeper. Army's got the momentum. Um, Army's so if Army wins, they win the Commander in Chief Trophy outright. If they lose, they'll retain it. Okay, the the teams have not all gone one and one against each other because the Commander in Chief Trophy is a proverbial round robin. Army, Navy, and Air Force they all play each other. Basically, the the team that goes two and zero oh wins the cup, wins the Commander in Chief Trophy. Um, hasn't happened since 1993 where they all went one and one okay that's what would happen on saturday if army loses to navy army wins they win the the commander-in-chief trophy again outright jeff munkin gets his fifth win over his arch rival navy midshipman um they know that these teams know each other so well they obviously run the same offenses um they know what each other does they recruit the exact same kids they know each other so well this game all automatically inevitably comes down to one thing mistakes who makes the fewest mistakes i think army's in a position where they can make a couple more and probably withstand a mistake or two more um just because i do think they're deeper i think their defense is better um maybe in the last couple weeks though they score 35 and 38 points respectively the most points they've scored uh, in two years, so offensively they're playing better. They're going to start a new quarter. Or Ty Lavatai's never started an Army Navy game. There are a lot of things that are going to go into it. You know, but you give Navy a puncher's chance. You always do in a game like this. It just takes a couple mistakes here or there, and they can catch a break. You know, a couple things to watch is special teams. Navy hasn't been very good on special teams this year. Army's been fantastic. Um, red zone defense. Navy has been very good inside the red zone. In third down conversions, Army is top 25 in the country, almost 49% conversion on third down with their offense. Navy is one of the worst at converting on third downs in the mid-30s. Those are a couple things to watch. I give Navy a puncher's chance. I think in the end, it's a seven-and-a-half point line. I like Army to win the game 20-13, to something around that kind of score by seven. But that's a tricky line, man, a seven-and-a-half point spread for an Army-Navy game when it's usually inevitably a touchdown. Well, and also bear in mind that the midshipmen have covered four of the last five here. Uh, The only non-cover was at Notre Dame. They did cover against Cincinnati back in late October. Uh, They also uh, narrowly lost to East Carolina on a last-second field goal a couple of weeks ago. 
And then uh, Temple, they beat Temple badly, beat a bad Temple team badly in their last game. Let's see what kind of puncher's chance that Navy will have in this matchup. Always love the inside of Price Atkinson. Plug away for everything on yards and stripes uh, and what they're going to hear in the preview of the Army-Navy game coming Saturday afternoon, please. Yeah, as you just mentioned, uh, we cover, we break this thing down. Bill Rowland, my outstanding new co-host, have loved having Bill on this year. He's just been a breath of fresh air to have on. Rich DeMarco, the play-by-play voice of the Army Black Knights, uh, goes through coming some of the pivotal moments of the season. You know, what's made Jeff Munkin and this team so special and what he's been able to do, recapturing that momentum up on the Hudson. And then, obviously, John Feinstein, the best-selling author, author of A Civil War, will be on the Navy uh, Football Radio Network, uh, pregame, doing pregame commentary on Saturday. Uh, can't wait for his column in the Washington Post afterwards. We got it all on our Army-Navy preview special. Listen, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, you name it, you can get it. Love this man. Great work again. I uh, love the insight on Army-Navy. And we'll catch up with you again down the road. You and, Dil, you and Bill have done a great job all year talking Service Academy football. If you want much more on Army-Navy, again, that's our brother podcast. Go find Yards and Stripes. Follow it. Subscribe. They've got insight. They'll even do a bowl special coming up for Army and Air Force, probably in the bowl games as well. If it happens with Service Academy football, they're on it. Price Atkinson, thank you, as always. Thank you, Mr. Reeves. Always a pleasure, friend. There we go for the two no huddle guys with T.C. Martin going in this case with the Washington football team and Price Atkinson giving you some insight on the Navy midshipman. Price used to work uh, for the Naval Academy and the Sports Information Department, so he can be considered a little slanted. Navy getting a lot of points in this game. Again, throw the records out for that matchup with Army coming Saturday afternoon. So I need to finalize my underdogs based on what you have already heard as I was talking about. Uh, with both Sal Capaccio earlier uh, here in the show. I like the New York Jets at home in an early game on Sunday with the Saints. Still un don't understand how you can back a team that's lost five in a row with all the injuries the Saints have. And at the time we're releasing the podcast, we're not sure who the quarterback is after Taysom Hill with all the interceptions. Do they go back to Trevor Simeon or not? Can Alvin Kamara play for the first time in about a month? I don't know that for the Saints. I'll still take the Jets at home. Bad defense or not, I'll take the Jets and the points at home in that one. And I do like the Monday night revenge situation for the Rams all the way to Monday night uh, football for the matchup with the Cardinals in Arizona. I'll take the points and the Rams to bounce back in the NFC West because, again, if Arizona wins, they basically put the division away. Uh, they will have three games and the tiebreaker up on the Rams for that. So the, the Rams will be looking at wild card uh, weekend. So if I got to be pinned down to one more NFL dog, I will go to Thursday night. So you may be listing after Thursday and you already know how smart this is or isn't. Steelers off of that dramatic win over the Ravens, getting three points at Minnesota, who suffered the crushing last second loss. After they had come from behind uh, the Vikings to take the lead on the Lions, they let Jared Goff and the Lions drive and get the game-winning touchdown in the final seconds of the game. They have lost several times this year in the closing seconds. I know they won a dramatic game with the Packers back a couple of weeks ago at home, but I will take the Steelers. How about Mike Tomlin has been rolling along as... An underdog, 11-4 and four as the underdog over the last three seasons now in his last 15 games. 5-2 and two as the underdog uh, this season. Underdog outright win last week with the Ravens. I go right back to the Pittsburgh Steelers in another underdog spot here for Thursday night football to win the game and keep their AFC wildcard hopes alive. And I guess, for the moment, keep it alive for the division possibly with the Baltimore Ravens 
who still lead them right now by a game and a half in the division coming down the stretch in the AFC North. So I will start the weekend with the Steelers. Again, you may be listening after Three Dog Thursday. You know how smart or how stupid that was. I will continue with the Jets on Sunday, early game with the Saints getting points at home, and then the Rams as the road dog against the 49ers. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to Brian Edwards hanging out with me, talking coaching carousel, uh, talking uh, a little bit about the bowl games and the matchups and the college football playoff. And Brian also with an underdog as well in his Atlanta Falcons. Sal Capaccio, the unelected mayor of of Buffalo, loves Sal's insight from WGR Radio and the Bills Radio Network as we were previewing Bills and Buccaneers. Again, beware, Tom Brady and the Bucs have been fantastic at home, including against the number late in last season and all through this year. If you're thinking about taking the Bills, T.C. Martin is back. He says Washington football team. T.C. again, 11-2 out of Vegas, 11-2 on this show, documented this season taking NFL underdogs. He likes the Washington football team against the Cowboys. My thanks to Price Atkinson from the Yards and Stripes podcast as well, hanging out. That Army-Navy game coming Saturday. Going to be phenomenal to watch the pageantry of all of that. And again, it's chilling to watch those guys stand there uh, arm-in-arm, essentially watching the alma maters play at the end of that game at MetLife Stadium. Uh, So there you go. There's all my guests. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thanks again to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast helping promote us. Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. And wherever you found this podcast, social media link through them, whatever, subscribe. We are hot with the underdogs. We had five of them last week. We had three of them in the NFL. We keep rolling with underdog picks on this show for free. Free advice. We keep rolling it out here on Three Dog Thursday. Enjoy the games this weekend. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're back next week with another edition of Three Dog Thursday. Bye.